Okay, Revelation 6. Introduced us to the four horsemen. The white horse. A rider had a bow, a crown, and a crown was given to him. And he came out conquering and to conquer. Another horse, the second horse, bright red, was permitted to take peace from the earth. The third horse brought famine to the earth, and the fourth horse brought death to the earth. We saw the fifth seal opened, and it revealed the saints underneath the throne of God, the martyrs who had already been killed for their testimony. And if you remember, the Lord had they had asked the Lord in their pleas, how long before we are avenged? And he told them, rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. So we're seeing in this first group of seals open God has allowed evil upon this earth to reign, to bring destruction. The sins of man are reaping what they have sown. The rebellion of men throughout the ages. In these visions, in these seals, is just coming back upon him. The suffering man inflicts, returns to him and makes him his own victim. It's part of God's judgment. And as God's faithful people stand against all of that, preaching the truth and the light and even the gospel, the rebellion of man hates them so much he would have them put to death. We've seen that throughout history. And then the sixth seal, we have a vision of the end of the earth, verse 12 of chapter 6. We'll just quick review, then we'll get into chapter 7. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by the gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones, and the generals, and the rich, and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves, and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of the Lord has come, and who can stand? Notice that the judgment of the Lord brings wrath to men, the four horsemen. It brings tribulation, and I use the word 
deliberately, tribulation to his saints. The ones who have lost the martyrs who have already been made and are dwelling in heaven now, waiting, pleading for God to avenge them. And then comes the end of the world. This is one view, one point of view. Remember last week I mentioned that we need to stop looking at Revelation from our perspective and try and understand it from God's perspective. He is the one looking down on history and with the history that he sees, he is revealing to John. I hope that makes sense as we move forward. Notice also that in chapter 6 in these first seven seals, nowhere in here does it mention anything about a rapture or the second coming. Yet. There, there, there will be no rapture. There will just be the Lord Jesus is coming again one more time. And in all of this judgment, particularly at the end days, the last question kind of introduces, the last statement kind of, kind of introduces us to chapter 7. The great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Of course, great judgment upon the earth, great turmoil, great destruction, a lot of death, and then God brings judgment upon all of the sins of men, in the earth, in these descriptions, is literally being torn apart. He's describing the stars falling from heaven. And earthquakes so prevalent, so powerful, so massive that the islands of the sea disappear, are moved. I, I don't know that we've seen anything like that yet in reality. But the Bible says it's coming, or something very much like it, where people who do not believe will realize what is going on. They will be aware that this would be God's doing, and they seek protection. Hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne. Who can stand? Exactly. They th it's interesting to think that dying is going to protect them. Uh, dying does not deliver them to any place but, but hell and eternal judgment. Because by then it's too late to repent. Now, again, another view. There's six seals that have been opened. There's a seventh seal that is yet to be opened. Right? So there's much more to come. Chapter 7, there's kind of like a pause here. Great destruction and God's judgment. What about the saints? Chapter 7, after this I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, and no wind might blow on the earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. 
All right. First four seals that were open, the four horsemen, are now kind of reflected. I mean, there's no seal that's been opened yet for the seventh seal. But John sees another vision. And don't take them in chronological order. Take them, he is revealing these as they have been revealed to him. They're not necessarily, this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. I saw this, and then he showed me this, and then he showed me this. There's no chronological order. So you can, in God's view, you can overlay both the first six seals with what's going on in chapter 7. It's kind of part, part A of the first six seals and part B of the first six seals. There's a response. Something bad is happening, and here is something good. Something judging those who do not believe, and here's the safety of those who do believe. Does that make sense? Four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, and no wind might, that no wind might blow on the earth or the sea against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice, to the four angels who had been given power to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on the foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000, sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. There's been a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, and a lot of confusion about the 144,000. Twelve thousand from the tribe of Judah were sealed, twelve thousand from the tribe of Reuben, twelve thousand from the tribe of Gad, twelve thousand from the tribe of Asher. 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. After this I looked, and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You have to, you must, take this 144,000 as a symbolic number. There is no limit that we can number to the saints that God has saved and will continue to save until he comes through the ages. If you remember in Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and Genesis 17, where God promises Abraham the benefits of his descendants that in his seed all the nations will be 
blessed. So this 144,000 is reflective, it's representative. It is 12,000 times 12,000. It's a number of completion, a number of perfection, a number that is finished, a number that perfectly includes every saint, every believer, every age, and every tribe, and every nation. That's why in verse 9, after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. Trishti says there's 144,000, but then you can't number it. Because God and His Holy Spirit is giving an idea of completion and perfection. No one whom I have called, whom I have saved, whom I have chosen, will be left out. And for the early church, particularly when persecution during that time was beginning to ramp up in the Roman Empire, these words were words of comfort. These words were words of hope and assurance. In the first of the seals, we saw God's judgment pouring out upon the earth through four horsemen. Here we see four angels who are offering protection and safety for the saints of glory. Does this make sense? Verse 11 of chapter 7, And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders of the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, worshiping God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of a great tribulation. They have, been, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So there is tribulation for the saints, or for many of the saints, but there is great eternal comfort and deliverance on the other side of glory. And for Christians today to be confused about this, I can understand in the language it's, it, is, it is mysterious. But if you've ever read poetic literature, Sometimes it's a little mysterious unless you're emotionally engaged with the poetry. Poetry might not mean anything to you unless you're in love with someone. 
and then you're sensitized to it. You're emotionally aware of things that you were dead to before you got Twitter painted. And here we see words that are mysterious to people until things start happening to, happening to them in their lives. Trials and tribulations, persecution. And then all of this fits and makes sense. That God, while we might be tried in this world, we might see tribulation in this world, we might experience persecution in this world, it is only temporary. We have a great shepherd who will give us living water, who will never thirst, who will never be hungry, who will never see pain or death again. And that is great hope, and that is a great comfort. Verse, chapter 8. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Um, we see here again something about to happen. Some of you who are sports fans might remember watching some of the old fights on television. And you have the contender, you know, fight's supposed to be scheduled for a certain time, and you have the contender coming out who is challenging the undefeated champion. So he comes out and he's in his corner and the crowd just roaring and full of excitement and they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. And the undefeated champion boxer deliberately waits. He comes in late on purpose. You will wait for me. And I don't, I don't mean to diminish God at all, but it's Psalmist said, Be still and know that I am God. Um, let me check just a couple of quick references. Oops. Habakkuk. Zechariah 2, or excuse me, Habakkuk 
The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. And then Zechariah 2.13. Be silent all flesh before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. God is about to declare the judgment upon this world. Remember, we had seen it already in the sixth seal that would have been opened. A picture of the judgment of God, a picture of judgment upon this earth, or the judgment of this earth. And then we see the four angels and the sealed saints of glory. And here we're getting another vision, reiterating final judgment. I saw seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them, and another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And when he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood, and these were thrown upon the earth. Sounds like some of the plagues upon Egypt. A third angel, excuse me, and the third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like the great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and the third of the sea became blood, and a third of living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. A third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. The name of the star is Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from water because it had been made bitter. The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of their light might be darkened, and a third of the day might be kept shining, kept from shining, and likewise a third of the night. Then I looked and heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew overhead, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blasts of the other trumpets, that the three angels are about to blow. Now, we need to be very careful about how we understand this. And I may be, I'm going to save most of this from chapter 8 for next week because there is a lot here. But there are a lot of people who would say, oh, this is all about pollution. This is all about not protecting the earth. We need a new green deal that has nothing to do with it.
this is another depiction, another description from God's point of view. And it's, it's, we've seen the first layer, the foundation, and the sixth seal. And here we're seeing the second layer, the foundation, on the, upon that foundation in this series of trumpet blasts. Seals depict authority, God's sovereign authority. Trumpet blasts bring announcements of judgment. And we need to recognize that. But we also need to remember that in the middle of this, amidst all of this, God protects his own. Are there any questions? Oh, that was a good question. I meant to mention that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very good perception there, brother. That's uh, they they were sealed. The seal that is on the saints that they have been. Chapter 6 describes them as being, or is it chapter 7, describes them, the 144,000 were sealed, they had been set aside. It is just saying that all that are going to be saved will be saved, wait until that number is complete. You receive Christ as your Savior, we are, according to our confessions, we are sealed by the work of the Holy Spirit. We are baptized into Christ. We do that publicly, but that is just a public representation or a public example, a public testimony of what has already been done for us through the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's talking about here. Um, Do not harm the earth and see the trees until we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. And there's also going to be a parallel later on when we come to the mark of the beast because he also marked people on their foreheads. So there is a sealing of those to damnation and there's a sealing of those for redemption. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yes. And as we said last week, it, yes, there are more to be saved and there will be one final person saved and then it'll be a time, but we also need to be realist because God is telling us there are many martyrs being made. You need to wait until that number is complete as well. More people are going to die for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll get in a little more detail on that next week. Might be interesting.
other questions? Father, we are thankful that you have given us this book of Revelation. It is helpful to see all that you have done for us. And we rejoice to see all that you do through us. Help us, Lord, always to be faithful. And as we look at this brief synopsis of your word, may it begin to crack open the boxes of mystery that we've held for so long. May it encourage us. May it equip us. May it nourish our hearts and our souls for the glory of the Lord. It is in his name we pray. Amen.